0: Good morning. It is uh, so good to see everybody back this week. I know some of y'all uh, were gone last week for spring break and um, some some of you, this is your first time and so we are so pumped up if today is your first time and if you're back, we're excited. But if you missed last week, I just want to tell you kind of uh, in 30 seconds what I preached on and it was um, I kind of gave an overview of how to play Texas Hold'em. So if you missed that, I really hate it because it's awesome to play Texas Hold'em. So anyway, Uh, the biggest premise that we went over is bluffing versus going all in. And and some people, some people in Las Vegas, they're really good at bluffing. But I'm going to tell you who you can't bluff, and that's God. No one can bluff God. And so whenever we try to do that, we get to the end of our lives. And listen, I'm just going to be honest with you this morning, if y'all look at me just a second. There's going to be a lot of people, like Matthew chapter 5 says, or excuse me, chapter 7, that at the end of their lives, people look at them and say, and, and, They look the part. I mean, listen, we talk the Christian lingo. We look the part. But Jesus didn't call us just to say a prayer. Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. And for so many people, we play games and we look the part. We show up to church, man, we put the Christian lingo on. We can can name the books of the Bible and we can do this stuff. But when it comes to being all in, completely and totally surrendered, meaning I am a follower of Jesus Christ above all else, we're bluffing. And, and you can bluff me, but when we get to heaven someday and, and we're standing at the gates and Jesus said, why should I let you in? The bluff goes away. He calls you out because he holds the perfect cards. And so that's what this whole sermon series is about, is being real with yourself. And, and I'm just going to be honest with you, is the place that I think people bluff is bad as any other place is in family. Like people will look at family sometimes and think, man, they got it all together. They're, they're awesome. Those parents, they're awesome parents, right? Those children, they're so well-behaved, and you get them home, you're like, I'm going to kill my kids because they're freaking crazy, right? And and I'm going to tell you the biggest one, and it's part of what we're going over today with our family talk is sex. I believe in the Christian faith, money and sex are the two biggest places that we bluff. We bluff in money because we won't tithe. It's my money, not God's money. I will never give God 10%. If that's our attitudes, we're not all in, we're bluffing. We have never fully come forward and said, you know what, God, this is yours. Matter of fact, I wish I could give more, and I'm excited to give you 10% of what you've given me. This is part of my worship, and then sex is the other thing. Listen, God, you, you can have all this stuff, but it's just weird that sex is what you want. And I'm going to explain to you today why it's part of worship, why it's beautiful, and why we're bluffing, and it's killing marriages, and why people don't want to be us because of sex. They don't want to be Christians because we get divorced just as fast as everybody else, and they look at us and think, you know what, they're just like me. Well, You know, the truth is we are because we're bluffing. But today, we're not going to bluff anymore. We're getting real with families. We're getting real with everything. So I just want you all to pray with me, and um, we're going to rock and roll through this message today. God, we're so excited. Uh, man, seven people already, and I think at the end of the service, God, maybe more people... Uh, we'll want to get baptized. We put the heaters back in. We're keeping it at 90 degrees, God. And, um, so I pray right now, God, if, if people haven't been baptized and they need to take that step in their lives to go all in, um, will you just give them the, the encouragement and the strength um, to stand in front of everyone and proclaim that you are our God and we worship you. Today, God, my prayer is that um, mamas and daddies and sons and daughters uh, will reunite and that there will be some mending, and that um, when it comes to our minds and our sex lives as married couples or as singles who shouldn't be having sex, that we'll get clean and close to you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. All right, so today I just want to give you two, uh, two points, two, two ways that I think we bluff. And by the way, just for the record, uh, this is one of the reasons why we don't have kids in here because I'm talking about sex, so let's talk about sex, baby. Sorry. So anyway... That's one of the reasons, so anyway, uh, two, two ways that, that um, we're bluffing to go all in, number one, the way we raise our kids and treat our parents, and I, if, I don't want you to miss that one, because I'm going to hit pretty hard on the way that we parent, but uh, if you're not a parent in here, or you're not married, it's critically important that you don't miss the second part, the way that we treat our parents. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is Right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that you may go, that it may go well with you and that you, that you may live long in the land. Fathers, I want y'all to pay special attention to this, moms and dads. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord. So listen, some of y'all are thinking, I'm not a parent, so I'm not listening. There's not a person in here that is not a child of someone. Now, your parents may have abandoned you, but you have guardians that take care of you, and I think they take your parents' place for this example. But every person in here, you are a child of somebody's. Some of your parents, I know, have gone to be with the Lord, but but every person in here at one point in time were, and and this is why I think this is important, and I don't want y'all to miss this. Pay special attention to this. I'm convinced that the way you treat your mom and dad is the way that you think about God the way that you treat your mom and dad. So teenagers, I want you to listen especially to this. When you treat your mom and dad with disrespect, and you know more than them because I knew more than mine when I was a teenager, you're telling God, screw you, God, I know more than you. Because your parents want to help you, but you have such an attitude that you just want to turn the other... Actually, you just want to hit them because you think they're dumb, because they're not cool, right? Right? But then adults, we're the same way with our parents, right? Like, we're smart now because we become adults, so I don't have to listen to my dad who's here. But I still have to respect him because that is my call as a, as a child of God, to respect my parents. Even when they're wrong, by the way, I, there's still a respect factor that I have to give them. And I'm telling you, it is the perfect picture of the, what I think about God, the way that I treat my parents. If i smart off to my parents today, as a 32-year-old man, if I look at my parents and say, screw y'all, I don't have to listen to y'all, that's the, the way that I think about God in the authority part. Listen, most people don't like authority. Most people. And so that's why we tell our parents, forget you. But that's what we tell God too. We want God when he's fun. We want God when he brings something to the table. But when I have to respect him or trust him or something difficult's going on, I don't want it. And the reason that I'm that way is because that's the way I look at my parents and he's my heavenly father. So it, listen, to go all in and not be bluffing, you will respect your parents. If you're not respecting your parents, teenagers, if you're not respecting your parents, adults, I don't think you've gone all in. And, and this is the one that I want to hit just as hard as, as anything else. And so y'all just buckle up. If you got like, if you're easily offended then I'll ask for forgiveness and not permission. So anyway, here we go. If you're a parent in the room right now, I just want you to raise your hand. Parents in the room. So that's the majority of us, okay? So here we go. I'm going to tell you one of my biggest pet peeves, right? Son? Mine's one, so I haven't really started the son thing yet. But Lainey is... is why do we say son and we never say daughter? Right? I don't know. If, anyway, it's just a little ADD moment. But, but what we do to our kids is we say, I want you to do this and never say this. And we're dropping the F-bomb, and we're telling them never cuss, right? Are y'all with me? Because this is real life. Some of y'all may have never cussed, and you're just not like me. Because I have this week. Just don't tell anybody. So, so some, some of y'all, this, what we, this is what we say. Listen, don't ever say a cuss word. Blank. Listen, you should treat your mother with respect. Idiot. And we're, and we're yelling and cussing at our wives, right? This is being real. Yelling in the, and we're cussing at our wives. And then we go in the other room and we say, son, make sure you respect your mom. Really? Like, seriously. That's, that's what we, we really think that's going to work. And, and then this is the best part. This is the best part. Then what we do is we're convinced that our good parenting by telling them the right thing to do is going to work. And we're, we're not even half in. And our marriages, which I'm getting to next, But it's so important with parenting because it's the picture of what they want to see in their future spouse. The reason that we're so delinquent in our children and in our future marriages and the reason that Christian marriages are 65% failure rate right now, by the way. I love doing weddings, and I'm going to tell you why at the end of the service. And I dread doing weddings for one reason. I don't want them to fail. I've done six weddings now, seven weddings now. And the first one failed just recently and they're getting a divorce. And like, I want to throw up about it, you know? Because I feel like we put God's stamp of approval on this marriage and if we were really all in, if two people are all in, it can't fail. And that's what breaks my heart. So so I just want y'all to listen to this part, families, dads. You are, this is for all the men, women, just forgive me for a second, but you should thank me. Men, You are the biblical picture. You are the picture in your family. Every one of you, you're the picture in your family to your wife and to your kids of holy God, of God the Father. And so when your kids are looking to God, what they're thinking about is you. Each one of you, men, they're thinking about you. And here's what I want to know is, do I want to follow Jesus Christ as my Savior, and do I want to get on my knees and spend time with the Holy God every morning because of the way that my dad treats me? And so my prayer with my kids every day, and and I put Lainey to bed almost every day unless something's going on, and I pray over them a prayer in Luke chapter 2 that I'm going to tell you all about in May um, during our Circle Makers uh, sermon series, but... My prayer for them is that they'll grow up righteous and and be men and women of integrity. I'm praying, like Lainey asked me this week when I was praying with her, so I prayed for her future husband, and she said, Daddy, it's weird that you're praying for my husband, because what if I don't want to get married? And I said, you're four, okay? You're almost five years old. You'll want to get married someday. And and then she said the coolest thing ever, well, maybe I want him to be like you. And I was like, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. And you're never allowed to kiss any boy on the lips until you get married, and if you do, I'll, I'll... It's going to get bad. So anyway, like here's the whole point is she's looking at me right now and and what I've had to apologize to her. Daddy lost his temper. I'm really sorry. God never loses his temper. And the time that we invest, fathers, dads, the time that we invest in our kids is so important if you want them to be a follower of Jesus Christ. It's not like you just get to check the dad box off and say, you know what, mom does most of the work because she's a mom and she's awesome. I'm just going to check this little bit off my box and you know what, maybe God won't be mad at me anymore. It is the investment that God gave you. And I'm going to say this, and y'all have heard me say this before, but I'm serious when I tell you this. If I fail at Four Points Church as your pastor and we bring someone else in and he rocks the house, but I am successful as a dad and a husband, then I have been successful in life because my job as pastor at home is much more important than my job as pastor at this church. And I want to be a dad that is remembered by his children that love Jesus and love Leah and love those two kids more than anything else in this world. And if I am successful in that, then who cares if I'm successful in anything else in life? Now, if that is our thought, then we are all in. If that is my thought, that my kids see me, my wife is under my umbrella, it is my biblical responsibility and mandate to teach them the responsibility of Jesus Christ. And if I'm not, now listen to this, you, sir, are not all in. If you are not teaching your kids the way that they should go, like Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and at the end he will not depart. If that is not my hope and prayer every day, in my prayer journal every day, I'm begging God to help me be the man that they want to be like someday, not just the one that teaches them right from wrong. And that's what I worry about with me, is I'm good at telling you what to do, but will I actually do it? Because the people that will tell you what to do but they'll never actually get in the trenches and do it. No one wants to follow them. And listen, if we want our kids to be followers of Jesus Christ someday, if we want our wives who are lost or our husbands that are lost, if we want them to follow Jesus someday, why would I follow Jesus? Listen, why would I follow Jesus if it sucks? Why would I follow Jesus if I'm a jerk? I've messed this up. Why would I follow Jesus? I didn't realize you had to have the box on there. Why would I follow Jesus if... if the people that follow him are always a jerk, or they're always yelling at mommy, if they're always nasty and cussing at each other, then you know what? Just being real, half the people in this room, and I'm guilty too, that's what our homes look like sometimes. And so here you go. First part of being all in and stop bluffing about your family is I have to be the man that Haston and Laney want to be like and, aren't just, and I'm not just the one that's disciplining my kids all the time, telling them right from wrong. To be a man that's all in and not bluffing, I've got to be a man that is following Jesus Christ with every ounce of my being, getting up a little earlier, doing my quiet time with the Lord, spending time, I'm doing the daily Bible, and I'm, I'm writing in a journal, and, and I'm just begging God, Make me the man that I'm supposed to be so that they can be the men and women that they're supposed to be. But listen, if your kids go buck wild and there are exceptions to the rule like Rick Warren this week who it breaks my heart that his, his son took his life. There's always exceptions to the rule and each one of us have our own will. But I'm telling you, if you're a man that walks after Jesus, most likely your kids will walk after Jesus too. Most likely they will walk after Jesus too. But if you're a man that doesn't and you say, you know what, i take them to church. They're not going to hear from four kids or when they become teenagers from me enough to make a difference from what you screw up at home. So please don't put that on me. You're their pastor. Men that follow Jesus, you're their pastor, not Mark. I will always be your pastor as long as you come here. But I'm telling you, dads and husbands, you're the pastor. You're the pastor of your home, not me. And it is your biblical mandate and responsibility to be the man that you're supposed to be and step up and say, you know what, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And wives, the same thing goes for you if you have a a jerk husband, which hopefully you don't. You can still be a godly mom and still show the love of Jesus and still make them want to follow. And number two, and here's where I think the problem comes in. I think these two tie together a lot. Here's where I think the problem comes in is we get frustrated in our marriage. And we get frustrated with sex in our house. And because of that, it it bleeds over into the way that we treat our kids. And um, so, number two. Number two, the way we deal with marriage and sex, we're bluffing. We're bluffing. The way we deal with marriage and sex. If If you have your Bible, you can turn to 1 Corinthians 7. If not, it's on the screen. It says, now concerning the matters about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman because of the temptation to sexual immorality. Each man sh- should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjunctual rights and likewise wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. We'll get there in a minute. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over, her, um, over his own body, but the wife does. This is off the record, and I don't want y'all to repeat this, but I use this verse a lot. Anyway, keep going. So Leah says this week, this is, this is free. Leah says this week, I want to put a Bible verse over our bed. I think it'd be really cool. And she wanted something, you know, that's sweet or like something that means a lot. <laughs> she said, what verse would you want? And I said, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 5. This is what it says. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer, then come back together again so that Satan may not tempt you because you're lacking self-control. Men, doesn't that seem like a good one to put above the bed? Someone say amen, right? Anyway, she didn't go for it, so it's all right. Now as a concession... Not a command, I say this, I wish all of you were as myself, but each has his own gift from God, one one of one kind and one of another. To the unmarried and to the widows, I say that it is good to remain single as I am, but if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. I want y'all to think about where you are, okay? There's, there's several different groups in this room. I'm about to show you a video that's awesome. Uh, but some of y'all are, are young and you're single. Some of y'all are... Um, you're in a relationship, but you're living together. And um, you're not all in because you know that you're in sin and you shouldn't be doing that. And, and some of y'all are married, but you're screwing other people, right? Just being real. You're going outside of the marriage walls, and so you're just as wrong as anybody else. And so there's... And, and then there's people that are married and they're happy and they're having sex with each other and they're not looking to other places to fulfill their needs. So there's that many groups of people in here and this video describes that. I want y'all to watch and figure out where you are in this.
1: Well, welcome to Live Church. I just want to say a special hello to those Uh, around the world on the internet, those in our television family, and those at our video teaching experiences, we love you guys very, very much. And today, in week number four of Growing to the Chapel, you get to be a part of something very, very special. In fact, Chad and Jamie have come before you today to celebrate their covenant vows, and you get to participate by joining your faith with theirs as they are united to become one flesh. Chad, I'm going to ask you first, your covenant vows before God, if you would respond to me. Chad, do you take Jamie to be your wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, you promise to be faithful to this woman as long as you both shall live? I don't know, maybe. Let's, uh, let, let me just review. Chad, this is a yes or no question, and I'm asking you before your loved ones, do you commit to marry this woman? We just wanted to live together. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I knew that. I, you, you guys told me that a while, back. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I thought that you were going with the God version of relationships, and, and I forgot that you guys weren't ready for that big of a commitment, you just wanted to live together, we do have a ceremony for you, and it goes just like this. Well, Chad and Jamie, you've chosen the vows of cohabitation. So, Chad, if you would do the honor of looking into your partner's eyes and with every bit of truth that you can muster up, would you repeat after me? I, Chad... I, Chad... Take you, Jamie... Take you, Jamie... To be my cohabitant... To be my cohabitant... To have sex with you. To have sex with you. And to hold you responsible for half the bills. And to hold you responsible for half the bills. To love. To love. And to take advantage of you. And take advantage of you. From this day forward. From this day forward. Or for as long as our arrangement works out. Or as long as our arrangement works out. I will be. I will be. More or less faithful to you. More or less faithful to you. As long as my needs are met. As long as my needs are met. And if nothing better comes along. And if nothing better comes along. If we should break up. If if we we should should break break up. up, It does not mean this wasn't special to me. It doesn't mean this wasn't special to me. Because I love you. Because I love you. you. Almost as much as I love myself. Almost Almost as much as as I love myself. myself. I commit to live with you. I commit commit to to live live with you. you. For as long as it works out. As As long as as this this works out. So help Me. 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 In the name of sex, in the name of sex, options, options, and selfishness,
0: and selfishness.
1: selfishness. Amen. 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 Well, Chad and Jamie, I want to be the first to congratulate you both. You are now officially living together. I sincerely wish you the very best, and I hope that this does work out. And now, Chad, you may do the honor. You may, well, you guys know what to do.
0: I thought that was good, and it's funny, but it's not, you know, like, it really is tongue-in-cheek funny, but it, it's also the picture of, of the epidemic that we have in this country right now. It's not just the church, but obviously the church is a big part of it. So here's what, just excuse my language for a second, here's what sucks about the government, okay, like, Josh, um, Josh works for us, and so I think most of y'all know Josh, but um, he's back there. And Josh and Jenny are getting married on June the 7th. I'm very excited about them getting married. And on June the 7th, Jenny's gonna lose, um, I think it's like $1,200 a month that she gets um, in alimony in her previous marriage that, um, that ended, and it was not Jenny's fault. And so, looking at it on paper, what Jenny and Josh should do is, is live together, right? Because they would make 1,200 extra dollars a month. That's the smart thing to do. Or, or what they should do is they should give it a test drive. Because that's what we've called it now, because, because my spouse is like a car. Because she's really no different than a car. I, I'm just gonna test drive her and see if she's good enough. And that is the perfect picture of not being all in. I'm not saying it's not hard, but listen, no one ever said following Jesus was gonna be easy. And I'm so proud to be doing Josh and Jenny's wedding on June the 7th because I believe they're all in. And I think it's hard to give up $1,250 a month. That's hard. That's hard. And it's tempting to say, you know what, God, surely you're okay with this, but he's not. Teenagers. Let me ask you a question. Are you biblically pure right now? Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians that all other sins that I commit are outside the body, but a sexual sin is a sin against the body. Honor God with your body, that your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit of God. I'm convinced that we sin against God all the time, every one of us. There's no one in here that doesn't, but the sexual sins that we do really, really hurt God because they're sinning against my temple that he made me. Smoking a cigarette, not sinning against the temple. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt your body, but that's not what that verse means. But the way that you sin sexually, and a bunch of, of teenagers, you know, the, the average teenager, all you want to do is, is you want to go on a date and see if you can get in a girl's panties. That's what your idea of a good date is now. And we're not followers of Jesus. And Girls, if you're dropping your panties, you're not a follower of Jesus because that's not what you should be doing. That is exactly against your biblical mandate. And listen, people living together... I've had a lot of people tell me this we're still going to live together but we're not going to have sex you're a better man than me right because if I'm living with Leah and she's hot I'm going to try to have sex with her I'm just being real so if you can do that that's awesome but it's wrong it's, it's just it's wrong and let me just go to marriages real quick marriages you need to have sex like it's your responsibility right here 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it's your responsibility to come together like Adam knew Eve and like I know Jesus in John 17, chapter 3, it is the way that Jesus made us to come together and for the two to become one flesh, like Genesis chapter 3 and 4 says, when Adam and Eve were by themselves, Adam was by himself and he made something better, he made Eve and we're supposed to come together, but listen, wives, it's okay to withhold it every once in a while, but if you're withholding it for a month at a time, he's getting it somewhere. Do you hear me? He's gonna get it somewhere. And if your wife is offering it to you and, you're, and you don't want it, then that means you're getting it somewhere. You're telling on yourself. What if, this is just a question out there for y'all. What if we looked at that video that Craig Groeschel did and said, you know what, he's right. It's time for us to have the biblical responsibility that we're supposed to in marriage and go all in and more than anything, I want my eyes to want Leah's body I want my eyes to want that more than I want any other thing out there what if what if that was the way we looked at our wives and our husbands you know what you don't my wife's gained some weight have you have to I mean really I've seen you, and if you need someone that's a size four with whatever up top and whatever downstairs then it ain't going to happen because I've seen you God gave you if you're like me a wife that loves you guys and cherishes you and if the only thing that we want is just a piece we've missed what God gave us and it's a great gift and I love to come together with my wife I love it And it's not just so I can get mines. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's not just so we can, Leah. I need to get some booty. That's not not it. And listen, I'm not trying to be funny. If that's your attitude about your wife, you've missed the point of the treasure that God gave you. And wives, the same thing for your husband. You have to understand, we have needs, we're weird, but he loves you. And that's the part that he needs. I'm convinced that marriages fail every day because we don't have enough sex. And I'm asking y'all to go home and do some homework. Be all in. Be all in. Do the right thing. Love on your wife. Love on your husbands. Do the right thing. So so here's how I'll close today, all right? We've covered a lot in the family. And I just want to show y'all this. I'm proud to wear this wedding ring. It's like tungsten carbide. And I think it's kind of cool. And it's huge. If y'all put it on and you're not big like Weston and me and some of the other guys in here, Tron, some people that are Jeff, big guys, then it would swallow you, because it's a big ring. It's size 13, and it's a big ring, but I'm proud of it, because when people look at this, they think about Leah, and when people look at her diamond, they think about me. I just want y'all to know, what this is right here is is my wedding ring, but it's with Jesus, because the day that I said yes to Leah, I stood before her, and I made vows, and I and I declared to God and everyone, I made a covenant with her. And by the way, I'm going through Joshua right now in my quiet time. And if you broke a covenant in Joshua, they killed you. You were dead. What if they did that to us if we broke a covenant and a vow that we had with God? This is the same thing. When we go through the waters of baptism, it's not so that we get credit for baptizing 22 so far this year or five more, if you want to do it right now. What it is is I'm saying I'm proud to be married to Leah. What you're saying right here is, you know, I'm proud to be a follower of Jesus Christ, and I'm putting my wedding ring on because this is the seal and the public confession of faith that I'm making to God and everyone. And listen, there's some people in here you've never followed Jesus. And there's some people in here that you have, and you've never said, you know what, I need to go through these waters. And I'll tell you what, this is what we're going to do right now. I'm going to give three different opportunities to respond to the message today. The first one is to say, you know what, the reason that I'm not doing all the things that you've said today is I've never followed Jesus I've never said yes to him I'm going to give you an opportunity to follow Jesus Christ as Savior and the second thing is I'm going to give you an opportunity to stand up and go back and see Austin in the back he's got dark shorts and shirts and towels and we're going to let you get baptized right now, right now we got towels up here we're just going to let you get baptized right now the water's still 90 degrees we're going to let you do that and the third thing is and I think we're going to have a really big response because I, I think some of y'all are where I am I want some dads to come up here and before God get on their face and say, I need to be a man that follows Jesus in my house to be a house that follows the Lord. That's not just going to happen by me feeling good inside and warm and fuzzy. I have to take a stand and step up and say, I will follow Christ with every part of my life. I will follow Christ with every part of my life. And so Travis is going to keep playing and I'm not going to ask you to um, bow your head and close your eyes. Um, I'm just going to give you three opportunities this morning. The first one, this is the most important. This is the awesome one. On Easter, we had 10 stand up. Is there anybody in here that would say, you know what, Mark, being real, I need to stand up for the third one, but being real, I I really, this is the more important one. I've never followed Jesus as Savior. I've never followed Jesus as Savior. Right now, just where you're sitting, I just want you to stand up. Just stand up. Mark, being honest, I'm not saved. I'm not a Christian. I've never followed him as Savior. I need to follow Christ. Who would stand up right now and say, Mark, that's me? Anybody? Who's bold enough to say, I'm going all in. I'm gonna stop bluffing. I'm going in. I need to follow Christ as Savior. All right, here we go. Bunch of y'all have gotten saved recently or when you were a little kid or whatever, but you've surrendered, you've gone all in. Is there anybody in here right now but you haven't gotten baptized, we didn't know about it, and then the next two minutes you wanna go and get changed and come right down here and get baptized right now. Is there anybody in here that would say right now, I'm, I wanna get baptized, that's awesome. I wanna go all in. Stand up, Fast you stand up. I wanna get baptized right now. We left the water warm for you, like Motel 6, we kept the light on. Anybody wanna get baptized? I thought a couple people might wanna jump in the water, it's warm, it scared some people. It surprised y'all. All All right, so here you go. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe y'all won't wanna respond. But dads, moms, wives, husbands, teenagers, how many of y'all lack what you need to to be the dad that makes my kids want to follow Jesus if they watch me? And that is the reason that they will. How many of y'all need to step up in your marriages and change some things that you're doing? Some habits that you're doing? The way that you love your wife? The way that you make her more important than yourself? How many of y'all need to make some major changes in your life? I'm not asking for specifics. We're all in different places. But how many of y'all are willing to say, Mark, I'm bluffing? Just being real, I'm bluffing. I just want y'all to stand up. And what I'm going to ask you to do today is just come down here. And as we worship together, there's no one going to get baptized now, so there's plenty of room over here. Just come on. Take a step and come on, thank you. Who else? Who else is strong enough of a man or a woman to say, Mark, that's me, I'm, I'm bluffing. It takes a man's man to stand up and say, I'm bluffing. I'm bluffing. And to be, to be the dad that my kids wanna follow, I've gotta stand up and be a man. To be the mom, to be the wife or the husband, I've gotta stand up and I've gotta come down here. listen, more than anyone God knows where you are, okay more than anyone, God knows where you are here's the awesome news God doesn't hold your sins against you when you confess your sin He forgives you and He can use you and listen, God can use you in sin if you forgive him. but man, if a group of people like us that stand up right here and I'll be with you we say, you know what, I want to treat my wife with respect I want to treat my husband with respect I want to treat my kids like I should I want everyone to see Jesus when they see my family if that is our lives we will change our community because people will see us and say something's wrong with the Barnetts man they're crazy they love Jesus crazy God I'm so grateful for this group of people that are sitting this group of people standing for for what you did in our church today and this is our prayer right now God I think there's people sitting down that feel the same way as the people standing up and I don't think standing saves you or changes your marriage immediately, this is the whole thing God, it's our hearts and I I pray right now that, that you'll radically, radically change some marriages some hearts, some teenagers that we stop having sex with people that we shouldn't and we focus solely on our spouses. God, we just want to have lives and homes that are honoring to Jesus so that our kids and the people that watch our marriage want to be like that. And when they want to be like that, we can tell them, listen, it's not about us, it's about what Jesus is doing in us. Lord, I'm so grateful for what you did here today. And as we worship and stand here in the front of the church together, Lord, we're just going to stand with arms lifted high, not worried about the people around us, and we're just going to worship you because you're worthy and we love you.